Our second scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 through 38. It starts on page 43 of the Pew Bible. Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to lose their life for my sake, And for the sake of the gospel, we'll save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will be ashamed when He comes in His glory of His Father with the holy angels. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Who do people say that I am? This is a reasonable question. Jesus has been traveling around with his disciples He's been giving sight to the blind. He's been healing lepers. He's been making the lame walk. He's been casting out demons. He's been feeding multiples with just a few fish and loaves. He's walked on water. He's turned water into wine. This will get people talking. So he asks the disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they respond. They say, some say you are John the Baptist. He was obviously a prophet, one who came to share God's word as you do. Some of the other disciples say, well, others say that you are Elijah. And this is tremendous praise. Elijah is often thought to be one of the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. Elijah is the only prophet that did not die, but was instead carried up into heaven. 
In fact, even today, those in the Jewish faith who have a Seder meal leave a seat empty in case Elijah should come again. Elijah was the one who would come and say that the Messiah was coming. Announce His arrival. So for people to be saying that Jesus was Elijah was high praise indeed. They said, still others say, you are one of the other prophets returned to share God's Word. This shows us that Jesus was thought highly of by the people at large. It also shows us that the disciples, like many of us, often try to give the answer that they think the person wants to hear. Because no doubt there are those out there who thought Jesus was a charlatan, a fraud, a trickster, someone who's charismatic and pulled people in but had nothing behind it. There's an old joke about a pastor giving a children's sermon and he asks the children, what is short and furry and has a bushy tail and saves up nuts for the winter? And when the child thought for a minute and said, well, it sounds like a squirrel, but we're at church, so the answer must be Jesus. <laughs> we often give the answer we think the person wants to hear. And the disciples must have thought that Jesus wanted to hear the good things that people thought he was. But we know that not everyone thought so highly of Jesus. Jesus then turns it on the disciples. And he says, who do you say that I am? That's great what other people think. The people who have just seen me out and about. The people who have heard word of what I've done. But what do you, who have traveled with me, who have lived with me, who have been in the inner circle, who do you say that I am? And I picture the disciples getting silent. And I picture them bowing their heads and standing there. Kind of like the kid who didn't do their homework, who prays that the teacher doesn't call on them. Maybe they thought that if they were silent long enough, impetuous Peter would open his mouth as he so often does. And he did. He didn't disappoint. He said, you are the Messiah. And Jesus said, don't tell anyone. And Peter was right and Peter was wrong. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but he did not know what that meant. It's like the difference between knowing something as a fact and having the life experience to have lived it out. When Heather and I were first engaged, our Sunday school class took us out for dinner, and it was a wonderful time. And I remember one of the couples saying, you know marriage is hard. And we both said, well, yeah, we know that. Everyone tells us that. Everyone says marriage is hard. And it's one thing to know that as a fact. But it's another thing to know when three months into your marriage you have to decide between paying the phone bill and the electric bill. Marriage being hard takes on a whole new meaning when I put Heather's favorite blouse in the dryer and shrunk it. Or when we splurge and bought a really nice pot roast, which Heather cooked and turned into what best could be described as a charcoal briquette. And to be fair, it's not Heather's fault. We later found out our crock pot cooks very hot, and it, she is a wonderful cook, and she's made many wonderful <laughs> meals over the years. 
And recently she started making pot roast again, and it is great. But it's one thing to be told that marriage is hard, but it's another thing to learn it, to go through those struggles. And that's what Peter experienced. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but he didn't know what it meant. As soon as Peter, or Jesus tells Peter not to tell anyone that he's the Messiah, he begins to teach that the Son of Man will have the high priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the temple officials turn on him. He'll be arrested. He'll be put on trial. He will be crucified. And three days later, He will rise. He foretells His pain, His suffering, His death. Scripture says He does this openly and Peter pulls Him aside and rebukes Him. Can you imagine that? Pulling Jesus aside and saying, Jesus, I I don't think You know what You're talking about. And this shows that he had no idea what it meant to be Messiah. He was thinking small turns. He was thinking that that the Messiah would come and overthrow the Roman government. That the Messiah would come and restore the Jewish state. He wasn't thinking that the Messiah would come and usher in a new age, a heavenly kingdom, as opposed to an earthly one. Peter was very right and very wrong at the same time. Who do people say that I am? This is an important question that we ask ourselves. And if you were to ask a hundred people who Jesus is, you would get a hundred different answers. There are people that believe that Jesus didn't exist. There's the historical Jesus movement, which believes that Jesus was a historical person but had no special powers or was just an ordinary person. The Jewish and the Muslim faith believe that Jesus was a prophet. The Church of Latter-day Saints believes that Jesus came again as Joseph Smith. And even within Christianity, we cannot agree about who Jesus was, about what he meant. Recently on Facebook, a friend of mine from high school tagged me in a challenge where we were to name the ten books that were most influential to us. I haven't done it yet, but I've been struggling with some of the questions. And one book that that I cannot leave off is the book Imaginary Jesus. And it's a tongue-in-cheek, comical book, but it has a deep meaning behind it. And it opens with a man sitting with Jesus in a cafe and some strange wild man runs in and punches Jesus and Jesus runs off screaming. And the man explains that he is John and that that wasn't the real Jesus, but it was an imaginary Jesus. And they go on a search for the real Jesus. And along the way, they find all sorts of different Jesuses, the Jesuses that we create because that's the Jesus that we want to follow. There's the conservative Christian Jesus who is all about personal redemption and uh, boycotting uh, abortion clinics. There's the social justice Jesus that's all about helping the poor. There's uh, televangelist Jesus with perfect hair and perfect teeth. There's testosterone Jesus who rides a motorcycle and tears a phone book in half. There are hundreds of Jesuses that they encounter. And the point of this book is so often we create Jesus 
to be who we want Jesus to be instead of following the real Jesus, the Jesus that's laid out for us in Scripture. And so we all come up with a different Jesus. That's why it's important to say, who do people say that I am? Because then we have a starting point for sharing our faith. Then we have a beginning place. Then we can find a place of commonality. Who do you say that I am? This question is even more important. Just as Jesus turned the question on the disciples, Jesus turns the question on us. Who do you say that I am? And if I were to ask you, you might say, the Son of God. You might say, the Messiah. You might give the same answers that Peter gave. But when you get beyond all the orthodoxy, when you get beyond the creeds and the confessions, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus? When you say Jesus is the Messiah, when you say Jesus is the Son of God, what does that mean? Who do you say that I am? Like Peter, it's possible that we answer that question and get it completely right, saying he's the Son of God, he's the Messiah, but get it completely wrong at the same time because we don't know what that means. So this is a question that we need to wrestle with. It's a question we need to ask ourselves because Jesus sure as heck asks it of us. As we kick off this new church year, as we begin a fresh it's a time of excitement. Today at approximately 4 o'clock, the Titans begin their season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Out. Out. Uh, so, so Alex and I may not be friends next week because he's evidently a Buccaneers fan and he probably won't be talking to me after the Titans beat them. No. Um, no, it's a a time of excitement, and right now, the Tennessee Titans are undefeated. (laughs) Next week, probably not, but right now, they are. It's a time of potential. It's a time of excitement. And the kickoff of the church here is the same way. It's a time of potential, a time of excitement, a time to see what's to come. As we enter in this church here, as we begin this journey together, We need to focus on Jesus' question to us. We need to be able to answer when Jesus says, Who do you say that I am? And we need to answer that fully and know what that means to us beyond what orthodoxy, what confessions, what creeds say. We need to be able to say that Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is our Savior. But more than that, we need to know what that means to us. Amen.